Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the Gamers Without Borders podcast, a podcast about video games, technology, and anything else we can think of. As always, I am Nick, and joining me is my co-host, it might be the officially the first time I've said that, uh, Judge Greg. How are you, Greg? Good. Hey there, Nick. Hey there, listeners. Thanks for yeah. joining us. Mm. So yeah, before we jump into stuff, uh, the proper stuff, I am very aware, uh, it's a bit of a running joke now, it's been two months between our last episode. Um, I don't really have a particular reason just stuff gets in the way and as much as i love doing this there is other stuff that takes precedence and i think yeah greg will attest just life just things yeah life just sometimes has other plans for you yeah at at the end of the day as much as as it's lovely to do this podcast uh yeah it's it's the easiest thing to drop to make things a little easier so. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the perfect way to perfect way to put it. And it's yeah. funny we were talking about just before we were recording about how we've. I think it's quite a common trend with kind of this kind of hobbyist podcast that you start off quite frequent, and then as time goes on and kind of your responsibility responsibilities change, that things can drop off. Like we've, I'm not not uh, harshing on any of these podcasts, but we've seen it with uh, with one track gamers and a few a few other podcasts I've listened to. Like, for example, in the last couple of weeks, um, one of my uh, favorite podcasts, Midnight Resistance, has called it a day after five years just due to changing circumstances. So uh, sad yeah. to see them go. F- a five-year run for a hobbyist yeah. podcast is impressive. That, yeah, I mean, about, about, that's... Yeah, about five years, 105 episodes. Yikes. Yeah, that is, they, yeah, that they, is a lot well. of podcasting, uh, yeah. honestly. I mean, it's... I'm, and they, I'm trying to think how long I've been doing Hero Talk, but I've been doing Hero Talk for uh, probably close to three and a half years at this point. Yeah. And so that's just another year and a half. I'm thinking, like, I don't know if I'll last that long. To yeah. the enthusiasts listening, yes, I'm going to last that long. Don't freak out. You don't need to I'll replace I'll, me. But. Yeah, in a, in a similar vein, I don't want this all to sound like we're thinking about stopping. I, at the moment, have no reason to stop, and in terms of my situation now, I'm now back at university, which means I tend to be a bit more flexible in kind of times I can record things, but I will be more busy in the week, so there might be situations where I'm like, well, yes, I'm free on the weekend, but I'm just tired. So I will try to push stuff out if we can, but I'm really loath to put a number on it and say like once a month or once every six weeks, because I don't want to do that and then get people excited and, and then... Because it's both really nice and really bad. We've had a couple of people message us being like, oh, when's the next episode? And it's really lovely because people it means people care. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard for me to go, I honestly can't tell you. It will it will happen when it happens. Yeah. I know. I, I see it a lot uh, for when, when I do the real hero talk is, is a lot of people saying, oh, well, if, you, if you're ever running out of topic ideas, here's a movie yeah. you should do. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. The limiting factor isn't that I just can't think of a movie to do a hero talk yeah. on. It's, is is the time thing. It's that I just, you know, I don't have time to watch a movie and take notes and whatnot. And, yeah. and, and so, but yeah, it's, it, there's, there's always the material, especially when, you know, in a show like this show where we talk about, yes. you know, the tech and video game news, that's not yeah. stopping. That is, that is no, a no, no. freight train that yeah. comes except oh, for, for maybe sure. the week after E3, the week after yes. E3 pretty low week, but, Mm. I mean, up yeah. until then, I mean, there's stuff all the time that we could talk about. And, you know, even for today's show, we, we yeah. picked three or four stories and we left how many on the, on the cutting room floor that we just couldn't yeah. fit in. 
Yeah. So. To be fair, uh, you didn't have to take that Toys R Us story out. We can still discuss that. Well, you know, one, we were starting to run long, and two, it, there's only so much that's interesting when you start talking about the intricacies of bankruptcy court in the United States and Canada. So I figured... That's true. That's true. A, a, as soon as you say Toys R Us is declaring bankruptcy in the United States and is looking to do the same in Canada, that's kind of the end of the story. Yeah. Just before we move on to what we've been playing, given that we're just mentioning... Uh, kind of podcasts and their timetable. I want to give a shout out to Girl Tribe Gaming because they're on what, like a hundred and forty odd episodes, and they are still consistently weekly. They they are, uh, and I, it's I, it's incredible. I'm not I'm not really sure how they do it. I'm assuming no. it is some kind of new wonder drug, and yes. I would like it for myself if that's Please. at all possible. Me too. To Zen or Jen, if you could just DM me and just let me know what it is, and I will gladly yeah. take it. If we can get some FedEx involved and you can just ship it over to me, that'd be greatly appreciated as well. <laughs> yeah, just... Because co- coffee isn't doing it anymore. Yeah, it's... I, I'm drinking an absurd amount of coffee these days. And yeah, th- it's same. a diminished return. And I'm like, you know, listen, yeah. coffee, we had an agreement. I am completely and utterly debilitatingly addicted to you. And you make me forget how tired I am every waking second of the day. Exactly. It's perfect. Yeah, it. I, I'm okay with it. Because as as far as debilitating addictions go to mind-altering drugs, this one is socially mm. acceptable. So, there you yeah. go. For sure. But anyway, enough of the kind of rambling pseudo-intro admin bit. <laughs> yep. We'll get into what we've been playing and watching and doing. Um, I've actually been playing video games. I know. It almost wow. never happens. Yeah, wow. I know. The first of these ones I won't hop on about too much, but uh, I'm playing and loving... F1 2017, bought it at launch day, actually pre-ordered, no no regrets, because this isn't No Man's Sky, it's quite, in, that, in, in some respects it's quite simple, you're going to get what you expect, and I'm not going to go into it, because I know it's 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 quite a niche game, especially in terms of our audience, but it's a big step up, like, I'm not normally someone that goes in, even with sports games, for the yearly release every year, but it's really a tangible step up, and I'm I'm really enjoying it, and just in general, like I've always said countless times, it's the perfect game to sit and listen to podcasts to because you can kind of just zone out a bit and it's still fun. And they've actually almost turned it to an RPG in places, which is quite interesting. So, but oh, uh, cool. I won't go. Yeah, I won't go into that because that involves the complexities of the, the technical regulations of the actual sport, which isn't very interesting unless you're me. So, uh... mm-hmm. it's but, it's uh, not interesting to me at all. However, no, I, I recognize yeah. that for for the people who are fans, they are dedicated. Yeah. You you have to get it right for them because yes, this for is sure. this is not a game for casuals. Well, well, it's it's interesting. It kind of isn't. It kind of isn't. Like really, okay. You can you can adjust kind of the difficulty and a lot of the assists that you can take it from a silly arcade game where nothing nothing really matters. To if you turn all the assists off and turn the difficulties all the way up. It's probably one of the toughest racing games out there. Okay, like it has that good broad spectrum of kind of. Well, that's. I mean, that, that's hard to pull off. To be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's that nice thing of for the people that do have an interest, we notice all the minute differences and what they mean and why it is quite cool to have those things. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy. I have no problems that I bought it day one and I bought it at full price because it's all it's already delivered in my opinion. But to talk about something with a bit more mainstream uh, appeal, I uh, played and finished a couple weeks ago Uncharted The Lost Legacy. I, I have heard nothing but good things. Yeah, um, and to, to explain this, because there's a bit of a misconception about this, 
This isn't DLC uh, to Uncharted 4. This is a completely standalone game, although it is it is shorter, I'd say, in total. It's about six to eight hours. But I will say they've been quite nice that they haven't marketed it, marketed it at full price. So I, I picked my copy up for £25, which is about $30, $40. So nowhere near the price of what Uncharted 4 would be at launch. And this is... I've... I've kind of been toying with writing something about this and and I'm just trying to think of a way to condense my thoughts, but the the easiest way I can put it is I think because it's it's very much based off Uncharted 4, in a lot of ways it's an it's a reskin of that game to some degree, but it's almost like because the developers knew that and they knew that they weren't having to go in and be like, here's a load of new features, like there are a couple of new features, they could focus on other elements. Like I genuinely think it's got the best story of all the Uncharted games. Because it didn't need to focus so much. Like, it's still got amazing things, but it's like... So, like, without spoiling it, the final set piece in that game is amazing, but if you actually think about it, it just combines a set piece from Uncharted 4 with a set piece from Uncharted 2. But it does it in such a way that it's it's just satisfying enough. And, yeah, I would would thoroughly recommend it, obviously. Mm -hmm. Especially in this case, you need to have played... At the very least, Uncharted two, basically three and four, because of, because of the characters right. that it follows. But yeah, I, I would thoroughly recommend it. It's despite it being a shorter game, it's still got that insane amount of Naughty Dog polish. It looks incredible. I spent far too long taking photos in that game. I just, yeah, just good. But please mm-hmm. stop now, because yeah. initially when they announced this, I was like, oh god, are they are they are they dragging the corpse of this franchise? And they've struck gold this time, but please don't go like, oh, let's follow every single secondary character that's ever been in this series and give them their own game. Don't do that. Just no, I no, no, no. I, I really need yeah. to actually play this series. I feel yeah, like I, I own at one through four, you know, like, yeah. but and I, was gonna say, I just, have, I just yeah. haven't gotten to it because, you know, I have a giant stack of shame and life gets in the way. Yeah, that's certainly true. But yeah, if, if you're an Uncharted fan and you're kind of unsure thinking, oh, have they changed too much stuff? Is this too different? It's still at its core an Uncharted game. And I just think it's one of the best, one of the most well done. Like, and that's a funny thing to say because they're all brilliant games and they're all incredibly polished, but this just really felt great it's i'm struggling to word it i just had an immense sense of satisfaction playing this game so yeah thoroughly recommend it all right um as for (laughs) as for the next thing on the list this has and other things that we'll discuss in this episode has been causing the kind of little twitter universe that this and we and a few other podcasts have to explode a bit Yeah, explode would be a nice word. My phone, I thought, was going to catch fire the other day. (laughs) Yes, yes. And the the funny thing is, for me, because of the time difference, it's quite often that I will will stay up a bit and answer stuff, and then I'll just go, no, and I will turn my phone off, and I'll wake up the next morning to about 30 notifications, (laughs) because the conversation has kept going overnight. But to explain, I have, uh, I finished it now, watched uh, The Defenders, which was the long-awaited team up between the four Marvel characters that Netflix have been creating individual series on and they're now coming together so it's uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage and Iron Fist and my kind of lukewarm take is it's okay (laughs) (laughs) that's been just about everybody's lukewarm take I think yeah I I have not heard anyone come out and just like praise it which is it's a shame but then when you think about it I, I, I mean other than other than the first 
Daredevil. Yeah. I have not heard universal praise for any one of these. And I mean, the the, the quality kind of keeps mm, going downhill a little bit. You know, that, you had Daredevil yeah, that was I'll, great and Jessica Jones that was good, but not quite Daredevil great. And then, yeah. and then Daredevil 2, which was kind of only half great and half what? And, and yeah. so on and so forth. That's why I will go back to this later on in the news stories that because of that downward trend does make me concerned about what they're doing next. But in mm-hmm. terms of in terms of the defenders in general, like I was invested enough in it that I was willing to get through what is admittedly a very slow start because it's only an eight episode um, series, but they don't really get together until like four or so episodes in, and it's kind of like it's the defenders. Surely you want to get them together at the end of episode one, right? However, like like however, you have one episode yeah. to get everyone in the same room with each other, and then from that point that they got to be teamed up starting there. Yeah. But I will say even like you could get into stuff about choreography though, but when they finally get together and you see them fight as a group, it is genuinely like the first time we saw the Avengers fight together. It's just that kind of brilliant fan service moment mm-hmm. that kind of got me through it and just seeing that and seeing those characters interact and joke around. The, All right, so, so I haven't yeah. seen it, but I have to ask. Uh, and if, yeah. if this is too spoilery, don't answer it. But uh, does Luke Cage wear his yellow blouse and his silver tiara? Uh, no, unfortunately, he does no, not. No, I love that costume. I don't get it. He, um, does he at he least wear a to... yellow shirt? Well, what? No, what you'll see in it, you see it in the. This is not really a spoiler because it's just a costume. You see it through the majority of Luke Cage and in the Defenders. He's got like a like a dark colored hoodie. But the mm-hmm. inside lining is yellow. I can live with that. So um, yeah, I can live with the, that. Yeah, yeah. The only thing the, the only thing that annoys me slightly is that they've kind of walked themselves into a bit of a trap where each of those kind of individual see individual shows has left those characters in a particular place that they've got to kind of both kind of address what's gone on, but without solving it completely because they're going to address it in the next season of their own individual show. If that makes sense. Yeah. So like you've watched Daredevil season two, you mm-hmm. know what the cliffhanger you know what the cliffhanger is. Yes. There's some really awkward scenes in the Defenders where they're trying to address that, but they don't want to address it too much because they clearly want to like carry right. it on in season three. Yeah. And it's like, uh it's I think it's all it's kind of creeping under the weight of like the scale of the universe they've made. Yeah, it's the, the vision sometimes can be a little higher than the actual ability to maintain. Because now you have yeah. the same thing that everyone says for every single movie after the Avengers. It turns into, so where was the Hulk during all this? Where was Captain yes. America during all this? And so now I'm going to be watching Daredevil Season 3 thinking to myself, yeah. all right, so why didn't Daredevil just make a phone call and say, hey, Luke, I could use a yeah. hand, you know, like. Yeah. Especially when it's not like, you know, the Avengers, they're all over the world doing different stuff. But the Defenders, yes. they all live in the same neighborhood. They're neighbors, yeah, that, you know? Yeah, that is the point, that they all live in New York. Yeah. And also, like, New York is also technically the base of operations for the Avengers. And it's like, ignoring, like, contract problems, how have they not bumped into each other? Exactly. I mean, I I get... For the show, you don't want to just constantly name drop the Avengers because you don't want yes. you don't want people to be watching your show and constantly being reminded of other stuff they could be watching. But exactly. But at the same time, you can only Daredevil could get away with it because the Avengers literally just happened. 
Yes. But, you know, by the time we're in Defenders, you know, Captain America and Iron Man have duked it out in public many, many, many yes. times. Like, this is this is probably now right on the forefront of, of people's discussions, and somehow the Defenders yeah. just avoid it because reasons. Exactly. But the one good thing to come out of the Defenders is um, I've been I've been kind of chatting. I've been giving my lukewarm takes on it on Twitter. And um, uh, Tony from the No Time for Time Trial podcast made a comment that he was like, oh, I, th- I think it's really funny how they spend a lot of the series, this isn't a spoiler, just kind of taking the mickey out of, out of Iron Fist because he just basically doesn't know anything. Mm-hmm. So I completely innocently made a joke that I said, I am the Danny Rand of podcasting, which... The, that conversation ex- escalated, and if anyone follows me, you, uh, John Mayola from One Track Gamers, Tony, and a number of the enthusi- enthusiasts, yep. uh, will know that it culminated in a hastily photoshopped picture of myself, Greg, Jen the Dark Princess of the Enthusiasts, and John of One Track Gamers as the Defenders. And it's an incredible picture. It, it, and it, makes it me is. Laugh. Go- so Vega Goose, one of one of yeah. our enthusiasts, came through. He is a uh, he is known for being able to slap together a quick Photoshop just like that. And so that's why, as soon as it was said, we need to get it photoshopped. Uh, Jen yeah. walked in and said, "Oh, Goose, take care of this." Yeah. And and he did. I mean, almost almost immediately upon seeing it, yes, he he, uh, he put it together, and it's it is it is amazing. Yes, and I'm really annoyed because I tried to make it the um. The cover photo on my Twitter profile, but I think because of how Twitter crops the photo, it wouldn't work. Oh, and I was really bad. annoyed. But I will, I will find a way to get that photo in the public domain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, thanks, thanks, Goose. That was incredible. Yep. Thanks, Goose. Shoutouts to Vega Goose. Yeah, and everyone else in that picture yes. that we've already shouted out to count countless times. Oh, also send um, Dark Princess lots of kittens. Because yep. she's just finished Life is Strange. She sure did. Oh man! So she was. Uh, <laughs> she and I were actually DMing all throughout the the last episode of Life is Strange, mm. and and so at one point when she actually you know gets to the big thing at the, the end, and, yeah. and she's just she's like, "Are you serious?" I mean, she's she's a smart woman. You know, she, I knew this yeah. was probably coming, but yeah. geez, you know, you can't you can't leave me with. Something to feel good about yeah. myself with, you know. It's yeah. Yeah. So she was she was in a bad place right at the end of that game. Mm, yeah, that's why I sent her a kitten gif. Mm-hmm. I hope it helped. I think it did. Yeah, that's hmm. yeah. That's just that's probably that's basically what I've been doing. There's a there's a couple of other things, but they're not really worth discussing. So, Greg, what have you been up to? All right, I've actually been playing games. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, let's see. They started. I don't know. They they gave it a new name, and I don't remember what it's called. But it's the season two of the uh, the Telltale Batman series. Okay. Uh, what I what I like about this is when I play these Telltale games, and I'm sort of given this blank slate of a character. Yeah. I I have a hard time because I you know it, you 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 start to try to agonize over these decisions they give you. Like, what should I pick? What should I do? But in in some hmm. instances. Uh, when they give me a character who's well established like Batman, I can kind of like, mm. well, I know what Batman's gonna do. I've, I've, yeah. I'm a giant Batman fan. I've read every Batman comic. When you say like, oh no, what were you, what are you gonna do? Like, that doesn't matter what I would do. It's what would Batman do? Yes, it's. Mm. And so, especially what I, what I find is any other Telltale game I've ever played, they always have that 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 option for don't say anything. Yeah, and I absolutely never pick it ever. 
Yeah, I never did it in in any of the other ones that I've ever played. But in when you're playing as Batman, I find yeah. I pick it more often than any other response because I think, well, Batman, he's not chatty, you know. No. So somebody's like, "Oh, what are you gonna do about it, Batman?" I'm like, "Oh, he's going to sit there and stare at you because he's Batman." So for yes. a lot of that game, I would say as Batman, it, it when I'm presented with silence as an option. Nine times out of ten, I chose silence. Yeah. And so everyone, everyone's very, very standoffish to Batman now because they're all talking to him and he just stares at him. I think the only person... the, the Yeah, no, the only person I actually spoke to as Batman uh, when given a choice was Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, which makes sense because they have a relationship that right. kind of, it requires them to communicate. But, I mean, like, so right, right at the very beginning of the very first scene, Amanda Waller shows up. And I never spoke to her. I never spoke to any of of the other uh, Argus agents, and yeah. any, any any of the villains that they happen to. When I'm Batman, now when I'm Bruce Wayne, it's a different story because I say as as Bruce Wayne, he's not going to play that game. Mm. But as Batman, it's very easy. the The dialogue choices are simple. I'm like, oh, who am I talking to? Are you Commissioner Gordon? No, silence. <laughs> Yeah, but is that running okay? Because I know with season one, I think it had a lot of performance problems. It did. I did not notice as many performance issues. Uh, I did mm. notice a little bit. So yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure if they're using a new engine or not. But uh, I, it, I, it was not as blatant to me as it was when I was playing the first series. Okay, that's good. Uh, so going on and foreshadowing a little bit. So I actually uh-huh. uh, played episode one of Life is Strange Before the Storm. Yeah. So this is I, this is another fun just, game where I actually yeah. I know what the character is going to say, so I don't have to agonize over choices. Yeah. Because some people, I I heard them on Twitter saying, "Oh, these choices I'm making, it's so hard." I'm like, "Well, it's actually kind of easy because you're playing as as Chloe Price from from the first Life is Strange series." Yeah. And when and whenever given a choice, Chloe Price will uh, compulsively pick the most uh, self sabotaging one. Yes. So it's very easy because I I think to myself, huh. What helps her the least? That option. That's the option she's going to pick. Yeah. Inter- interestingly enough, though, I have absolutely no desire to play this. No. Nope. Despite being a massive Life is Strange fan. And I, it's, it's two core reasons. One is more shallow than the other. Okay. One is, I know because of the ongoing voice actor strike, it's not actually Bert. Ashley Birch voicing yeah. Chloe. They've got someone else in. Yeah. And I can't yeah. imagine that person being another character. Mm-hmm. But it, it's also the classic prequel thing of... We, obviously, I'm not going to say it explicitly, but we know what happens between those two characters. We know how it ends, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's not char- it's not a relationship I want to explore. I feel they went into it well enough in in Life is Strange season one that I don't have a desire to explore it. Yeah, I I understand, and I I have I had the same thoughts, but at the same time, I thought you know it's Life is Strange, so I was probably going to play yeah. it anyway. Uh, I will say I have liked it more than I like the first series and some of it might actually be is because since you're playing as Chloe and it's a prequel you don't have sort of the the time control aspect yeah. that you had um which has made it faster because I am one of those people where every time Max Caulfield got in, in a conversation and there were more than one option I'm like well I'm gonna see each one of these played out two or three different times before I oh, pick what, what, what I'm gonna continue with oh, you're one of those people okay. I sure am and so that game took me forever. Whereas this one, 
again, it's easy. Yeah. Not not only do I not have any desire to see the other option, I have no question in Wait, my mind which one Chloe would do. You know, it's yeah. Well, let's see. So this one makes Chloe a decent human being, and then this one is completely self sabotaging. Because in my head, yeah. that's Chloe Price. Chloe is inside yeah. a really good person, but she has no idea how to not destroy herself for the yeah. sake Ooh. of you know this 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 tough front that she puts on. Yeah, although I think you could argue, and again, I'm, I'm tiptoeing around this because I don't want to spoil the story of either games. But given when this is set, you could argue that's the phase of her life where she's not quite so self sabotaging. She's a little bit more stable than things. A, a little bit more, but I mean, they the game starts you in in the very the first minute of the first chapter is she has left the house and is now going to a rock concert that's being held in an old abandoned sawmill that oh, she had to basically hike through the woods to get to. So yeah. you're not exactly they really set the table of like this is the beginning of Chloe Price and. While while she's younger, and that that is <clears throat> being younger has helped with the voice acting thing, in yeah. in terms of in my head not the same voice, although it is mm. it, it is definitely noticeable that it's not the same voice. But yeah, you know she she starts the game making a bad decision, and so that just kind of okay. set the tone for okay, so we are in full on bad decision mode with Chloe. So yeah. Yeah, I just want to also make a quick PSA because I, th- I think now that it's come out, people have kind of realised. But I knew a few people commented this. Yeah, this game um, is a, is a prequel to Life is Strange season one and is not made by the original developers. The original developers are working on something else mm-hmm. in the Life is Strange universe that they haven't announced yet. Because I did see a few places refer to Before the Storm as Life is Strange 2. No. And it's not the case. There no. are two games in this universe being developed by different developers. Yes. So there is more to come. We just don't mm. know in what form it will come yet. Yeah. No, I'm, well, I'm and, in agreement and, with that, yeah. Yeah, and you that... You can't call it Life pure, is Strange 2. It's been, it's been confusing for people. Yeah. And I w- what I will say is, whatever that kind of... I'll call it season two for the sake of argument, whatever that turns out to be, because it probably will follow different characters. I will play that because I want, I've got enough faith in those developers and in their storytelling ability to just see what they can do. All right. So, so let me ask you, obviously you're not going to get before the storm now, but when this thing is, is on sale for, you know, $5 for the whole thing, are you going to pick it up then and just give it a shot? Probably. Yeah, Probably. Okay. I think yeah, I think that's probably what I see myself doing. Whereas once Life is Strange season two comes out, I could see myself actually jumping in and buying it episodically, so I can get kind of caught up in kind of the discussion about it, which is the thing I missed with Life is Strange season one because I bought it once it came out as a physical collection, so I still got to experience yeah. it. But I didn't. I remember looking back on the previous year when it was coming back episodically, other people that I knew were talking about it, and mm-hmm. it was kind of I didn't get that opportunity. Yeah. So it's what what's nice to 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 have when you play the game and I I had it when when Dark Princess was playing it uh and because I I had other people do this for me. So when I was playing um I actually had uh so Girl Tribe Gaming give them a second shout out on the show. Yes. Uh, I'd mentioned that I started playing the game be, uh based almost entirely on uh, uh Moto's recommendation. She I was in yeah. her stream, and I mentioned that I had given thought to it, and she, she basically said, like, you know, Judge, you would especially like this game. Okay. And so when Moto says that, you go buy the game. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. 
And and I told her, I said, I've based exclusively on your recommendation, I've started playing the game. And she said, hey, when when you when you want to talk about it, you know, hit me and Zen up in in, in DMs, which was extremely yeah. kind. I mean, given that, you know, that's we 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 hadn't really even known each other all that long. And she's like, oh, DM us when you want to talk about the game. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I said, well, that's that is an extremely generous offer, but I'm not going to bother them with my thoughts on yes. this. Little. And then I finished episode one, and I thought, nope, can't contain it. Got to talk to him. And yes. so, d- despite how incredibly socially awkward it is to have, you know, me start DMing them uh, yes. completely out of the blue to talk about Life is Strange, uh, to their credit, they didn't say, uh, screw you, creepo. They instead, yes. they instead actually engaged me, and we talked, like, all the way through, um... To the point where, you know, after every episode, I was talking to them about what was going on, and and then I then I listened to their their Life is Strange episode, and then I talked to them yeah. a lot about their decisions because now I knew what they were, and it was uh, mm. so it was really nice to have, and, and so I was able to kind of fill that gap for me, and that's why I, I wanted to, you know, that's why I had like the private DM with the Dark Princess when she was playing it because I know mm. how how much and how important that particular. Uh, that particular forum was for me to be able to get my thoughts out as I was playing it, and so I wanted to be able to provide that for her. But, I mean, yeah. that, that's a, a big part of this game and why I've been playing this one episodically as it comes out, or at least intend to. I've only had one chance. Mm. Don't hold me to it. But it's 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 been that I want to be sort of involved in this part of the conversation because I missed out yeah. on that last time. And had it not been for, you know, the Girl Tribe Gaming podcast, I would have not had it at all. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, I, well, I hope I hope it it is uh, enjoyable because I believe there's only three episodes. There's uh, but... there's only three. However, I did buy the deluxe version, which will have some special. I don't know how long it's going to be, but it will have I think a, a fourth episode with Max Caulfield in it. Oh, I think you play as Max one more time, but I don't know where that fits into the whole. If it's going to be somewhere after the first game, or if it's going to just kind of be like a prequel Max, I don't know. See, now that makes me want to buy it now. <laughs> Yep. Uh, I figured it would. I figured it would. Yeah. just wanted to drop that in there just to kind of <sighs> twist the knife a little bit. Uh-huh. I'm busy. I've got things to do and things to play. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess if you really like Max Caulfield, you would buy it. But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you just kind of like Max Caulfield. Why are you doing this? Because <laughs> I'm a bad person. We've yeah. established this. Okay. Uh, so I've also been playing. I have a third game. A third, Ooh. third game. I've been playing Oxenfree. You heard of Ooh. this game? Yeah, I want to say in the very early days of this podcast, Brad was playing this. Oh, was he? If you're listening, if you're listening to this, Brad, hit me up. Someone I know has been playing this a while ago. So this, I mean, this game was completely not on my radar at all. But um, one of my Twitter followers, and I follow him back, so it's not like he's just you know some some random fan, but like. We've, we followed each other on Twitter, we, and we've talked to each other back and forth all the time. And one of the things that we are always are doing is giving each other game recommendations. Uh, yeah. And he's, he, he, he has really good taste in games, and I've, I've trusted him. And he, he specifically told me that Oxenfree was a good game. So shout-outs to, uh, he is at BuffGuyTom on Twitter. And okay. uh, yeah, he's he's been he's been great for game recommendations. He's my go-to when I'm when I'm looking for game recommendations for certain people. Uh, and and he recommended this game to me, and so and he said it's it's worth it at the price it's at. But he understood it was a short game. It was twenty dollars regular price, but I caught it uh, during a sale I think for for ten, and it was recently oh, nice. uh, the free Xbox games with gold. 
but not anymore. So mm. sorry, you missed it. But anyway, it's a uh, it, it's it's a kind of an artistic indie style game but it's got a lot of the personal choices and the conversation wheel a lot of the same things like you'd see from a life is strange or a telltale game yeah okay. uh and it's it's about a group of friends that are stuck on this island um and weird stuff like they're they're there for a high school party and then a bunch of weird stuff starts happening and okay and so i've been i've been playing through that and that's uh that has been good that's been a a very good recommendation so thanks tommy Good, good. Glad you're enjoying it. And one last thing, just be it's not really related to what I've been doing, it's just I want to brag. Uh, I did manage to snag a Super Nintendo Classic. Oh, one of the five that are being made. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, it's all about setting up the right Google alerts, man. It's, that's what yeah. it is. You set them up so that you know when they go live first, and then you can maybe get in and get a pre-order, and that's what I did. And Walmart, Walmart came through. Walmart had them in nice. stock. Yeah. Good. Well, I hope you enjoy it. It comes out in like November, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it comes out in November. Nintendo has claimed, and and claimed is it, I'm stressing the claim, and I'm making yes. I'm making quotey air fingers here. They have mm. claimed that they're they're going to be putting out many more, and and yes. I don't necessarily believe them, but that's what they've claimed, and mm. I, they're they're opening up production on the classic NES again. So I was gonna I was gonna say, haven't they also claimed that? That next year they'll reopen yeah. production on that as well. I, so they'll make like another dozen or so of those. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But anyway, yeah, that's we'll see. that's it. We got we got it. We got to get rolling. We got way too much show for me to keep talking about SNESs. Yes. Yeah, we've been going half an hour, but it's fine. So yeah, this first bit of news is just I saw this headline. I was like, this is the most Judge Greg thing <laughs> I have ever read in my entire life. I cannot not put this in the show. Uh, so apparently, <laughs> um, the United States Navy. We'll now be using uh, Xbox 360 controllers to uh, control submarine periscopes. So I read into this, and it's basically, nowadays, because of technology, periscopes aren't just like one hole that you look through anymore. They're really sort of high-tech, and you have to, I'm sure Greg could explain it better, then you have to look through and control. And what, what had happened is they had got um, Lockheed Martin, the aeronautical company, to build them this joystick that costs like $30,000 and you mm-hmm. have to train for a couple of hours to understand how to use it. So it was a bit time-consuming. And then a private company was just like, hmm, what if we try with an Xbox controller? And they found that it was way more intuitive. You didn't have to train people and you can pick up Xbox controllers for like $50. So they'll be saving themselves a huge amount of money mm-hmm. if they do this. Mm-hmm. All right. So I have so many takes on this. Holy oh, cow. God. Okay, so first, yeah, so you're right. Um most modern submarines uh i shouldn't say most all modern submarines that are currently being built no longer actually have you know you're not you're not in the world war 2 era yeah. of dancing with the one-eyed lady as they call it uh it's it's no more you know face in the scope with the with the two handles on either side turning back oh. and forth no it's it's all it's all fiber optic now uh which is which has okay. allowed for certain innovations in terms of not only uh periscope technology but submarine design uh, yes, because you know if the if the you have a, a fiber optic periscope, that means you no longer. If you think about the the shape of a submarine, and that it's you know a tube, it's a tube. Uh, if you need, if you have a penetrating scope that goes through the hull up up you know out to the top, so you can look around. That means all the control area stuff that needs that area has to go on the top of the tube, where it's the thinnest. Yeah. So now that you have fiber optics, you can actually put it at the middle of the tube where it's the widest and you actually have, you know, a control area that looks half as big as the ones that they show on TV. Yeah. 
So, so that, I mean, it's allowed for innovations, but yeah, unfortunately the, the, these kids today will just never understand, you know, there, there's nobody who's going to be like Clark Gable from run silent, run deep, looking through the scope and, and twirling around and, and whatnot. And you're yeah. no more of your cold war era, you know, submarines, but Greg has just successfully aged himself 50 <laughs> years by using the phrase these kids today. I well I also dropped a Clark Gable reference so I think that yeah. that probably also sorry. It's uh it it is one of my favorite submarine movies. Um so it's you know they they were using I think it was like some sort of like it looked almost like a f- a flight control stick like the same thing that you'd use in a flight sim or on an airplane yeah which was weird uh so I, I get the use of the the controller uh so a couple of lukewarm takes mm. first of all the navy is finally adopting modern technology and they're still one generation behind yes well two technically if you count the Xbox One X yeah no you're right so so two technically um second these things cost forty dollars and i'm sure the navy's still gonna pay three thousand for them yep and uh thirdly um how many people are just gonna start pretending they're in a video game shooter when when they're on the scope now i mean come on yeah well you'd hope they get enough tra- look at that knocked out of them by training you'd hope y- you would hope but uh someone on the midwatch is gonna be you know shooting away on those things yeah but then it is going to save them like $30,000. Oh, yeah. It, this will save a ton of money, and it is kind of embarrassing that it, it took it, – it, it takes the U.S. government and the military especially so long. They they yes. love their technology. Um, mm. I've I've been to uh, the, the United States Submarine Museum before. And uh, which is actually it's, – it's like a building, and then part of the museum is actually uh, the USS Nautilus. Which has, oh, has since so cool. yeah has since been welded to the pier and is now just like an open you you they've put up like they've yeah. widened it and they they put up like flexiglass barriers and so now it's something oh, that you wow. walk through and you see what it's all about yeah um and and it's and it's cool to look at uh, uh, but they they show a lot of the old technology on there and I remember like looking and thinking and they said like this is what was used during the Cold War era and I remember looking thinking I think they're still using some of this today. Oh God! <laughs> because you know it's it's the it's kind of the way the government works is that well we paid for it we paid an exorbitant amount of money for it so it doesn't matter that something yeah. better is available commercially. Mm. This is like, what this we is use. a massive yeah this is a massive tangent but I think I've read somewhere that it's it's not the B fifty two but one one of the big American aircrafts despite the fact that was invented. Like in the forties and fifties, apparently is going to be still in operational use in twenty fifty. Yeah, yeah, that's not surprising to me. It's like, Honestly, what? that's 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 how it works. They don't want to throw yeah. anything away. They paid a lot of money for, and so you use things which technically aren't, you know, the the top of the line or the best, but they're especially if it's something that works. Because man, once it works, trying to get it replaced yeah. with something that may or may not work as well is just the hardest thing in the world. And for that, I mean, I I get it. You know, it, it's given as often as like Windows Vista crashed, yes. you don't want to no. necessarily update your your systems to Vista because you know no. you don't want everyone to think they're going to die every time they use the system. But <laughs> yes. I mean, at, at the same time, uh, using an operating system that was designed, built, and implemented in the 1950s, you're probably you're probably leaving some functionality on the table. That I'm sure yeah. 
you know, other navies aren't doing. And so mm. that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. But yeah, this was, it's a very interesting story. Uh, yes, I would, I mean, I think it's going to make submarine school a lot more fun for those, for those officers. Yeah. I'll tell you that much, but yeah. Yeah. And if anyone's interested in like a military podcast spinoff, I would be <laughs> so up for that if people want that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure how many people would actually be interested, but yeah. So th- that was, that was my take on the story It's just, yeah. It was just funny for me that, you know, they're still they're still not using modern controllers. Yeah. Get your thermometers out, listeners. That was lukewarm. Lukewarm take. And I, personally, I'm hoping, and because and this, this actually has come up in the news a little bit, I hope when they actually start using the controllers, I hope they use, like, the big honking original Xbox. I think I... Oh, God. I heard somewhere they were going to try to use yes. 360 controllers, but I want to use the, the, the Duke, the big guy. Well, yeah, I, 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 not related to the Navy, but yeah, I saw some headline that was like, original Xbox controllers will now be usable with something. Yeah, I, I, I saw that too, and I, I haven't read it, so I can't comment on it, but I just like... Yeah, no, no. I, really. As much as I hated that controller, and I absolutely did, because I had one, uh, yeah. there, there's a little aspect of it is that I feel like if it's going to be used for the U.S. military, it should be a little difficult to use, <laughs> so I think that's... It fits right right in line with, with how the military does things. They're like, oh, well, given that a 360 controller would be a lot easier, they should use this Xbox controller that's giant and less comfortable because that's yeah. that's how the Navy actually would do it. Yeah, or like a GameCube controller, which or, is yeah. famously disliked. An N64 controller with the three Ooh. things on it. And like, I don't even know what yeah. thing I'm <laughs> supposed to be turning right now. What is this? <laughs> oh, that would be good fun. Yeah. But anyway, enough of a massive military tangent. Yeah, sorry about that, folks. And we'll get back into not even well. The next thing isn't even game related, but it's still TV and stuff. Is that the trailer for uh, Netflix's next Marvel series, The Punisher, uh, is has been released? And obviously, The Punisher was uh, kind of debuted in Daredevil season two, and he's now getting his own series. Mm-hmm. There was a rumor for a while that he. This is a tiny bit of a spoiler, but I don't really think so. He, he there was it was rumored that he was going to be in the Defenders, but he isn't. You know what? And good, good. That makes sense because if if you watch that trailer, it implies the Punisher isn't in New York. So it would be really weird if the Punisher series isn't really in New York very much. If he then popped up in the Defenders, it'd be like, well, you were in New York. Yeah, Frank Castle's but, not a um, team player. So no, I I don't. Well, apart from, apart from that one moment at the end of Daredevil season two, yeah, which I, I it felt a little bit forced. And well, yeah. anyway, if if you want to hear my full take on that, I actually recorded a Hero Talk podcast on Daredevil season two, so you should check that out. But that is one of the smoothest promos. I've well, ever thank seen. you, thank you for that. So, but saving us some time, but I just he, I thought yeah. I, he was he was clearly the highlight. Mm. And so it was. It was well, nice to have him for Daredevil season two, and then spin off into his own series. But this did, yeah. this trailer was it left me with more questions, just because you know knowing the origin as it was presented in Daredevil season two, and the story yeah. as it was being nominally presented here, I have so many questions. But it looks like what they're setting up is that the main villain, uh, I don't know of anybody's name, but it looks like it's going to be uh, the United States government. Yes. Yes, it does. Which is uh, the main villain in most stories these days, uh, yeah. both true and false. So it's, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, down, the, the, I guess. Mm, the, th- the thing with the series is, like, yeah, we hinted it earlier, there has seemed to be a general decline in the quality of the Marvel shows. However, 
I think that um, John Berthnall just plays the Punisher so well. He plays it. He, he plays could... him better than anyone I've ever seen. Like I have seen. Yeah. What Tom Jane, Ray Stevenson, and Dolph Lundgren play the Punisher before. Yeah. And for each of those guys, completely forgettable. Even Tom Jane, who actually loves the Punisher, even he yeah. was just sort of. I, I I had a hard time getting behind the character and the feel for it. But when John Bernthal plays the Punisher, it's mm. it is he, he deepens the character so much and. Yes, I've I have seen the story play out of the Punisher losing his family before, and I have shrugged it off. And even in the uh, in the Punisher Warzone movie, it was so ridiculous that I just I, you couldn't feel anything for the character. But when John Bernthal describes losing his family, it is it yeah. is so emotionally powerful that I no longer want to watch those scenes anymore because it's just yes, it's difficult for me to watch because he makes me feel that. Yes. And so, yeah, so I kind of think that, like, even if, say, the writing and the plot isn't fantastic, he could pull pull you kind of through that series, if that makes sense. Oh, he absolutely could. Absolutely. Like, like if, he, if he carries that series, I'm fine, because mm-hmm. I just want to see him in that role more. Right, right. And and so yeah. that's that's fine. I think just for the sake of being able to see him reprise this role as the Punisher, I, I, could, yes. I can probably stomach a lot of bad writing mm, just to see that sure. happen. And for all for all we know, it could be Daredevil season one again, and it could be brilliant. We we don't know. Yeah, it's un- it's unlikely, but we don't <laughs> know for sure. No, no. So looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. And I think it's they haven't given a date yet, have they? No, uh, I think it's, it's what it's going to be twenty seventeen, right? That's all they've said. Yeah, it's end yeah end of this year, I think, at some point. Yeah, the like the official Twitter, uh, they blocked it out like it looked like it was a redacted form. And uh, so all you can all you see is that it's sometime in 2017. Okay, that's good. We're not waiting too long, man. Yeah. And then to end on something actually gaming related, <laughs> um, the first trailer has been released for the upcoming uh, Tomb Raider film that is out next year with Alicia Vikander, and I'm very excited actually. I I like wait, man. So I know you and I. I'm I'm not I'm not telling tales out of school you and i both liked when when they sort of revamped and, and reinvigorated the character for yes. the uh the, the the tomb raider i'll say remake and, yeah, and the rise yeah, of the and, tomb raider and, and for all those yeah. and th- they're very much going that direction uh yes. the story element looks like it's taking a lot out of both games yes like it's taking the villain of the second game, but part of the setting of the first game which i don't mind no that's that's like, i mean they've it's, done it in the right way it's you can be f- both familiar and new by doing it that way. Yes. And and I like that and I'm I'm so excited. I don't know if I see Lara Croft in 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 the in the actress yet. Uh but I mean I've only had a couple of brief glimpses, so I don't know. I might it might be different, but like yeah, in the I... game they actually based Lara Croft off a real person and so the, the problem with that is that you have to fight now that person who is very well cemented in my head as Laura Croft, as well as as Angelina Jolie, who is one of my favorite actresses. <laughs> yeah, and I would argue also the voice actor for Laura Croft currently as well, because that's a different, that's a third person again. Was, I thought that was the same the same woman that they modeled for for the character in the I, game. I thought it, if I, I remember if I remember correctly. When they released the the first version of the first game in 2013, it was modeled after just a random model, I think. And then when they released the definitive edition, I think they tweaked how she looked. So she looks a little bit more like the voice actress okay. than she used to, but not completely. So I'm I'm out of my element here. I, I can't I don't know. 
Yeah. Okay. So, but but I, I, yeah. you know, I'm I'm gonna. She look when when you see her, I can I see Laura Croft. So I mean, I get that. Yes. I just I think I have certain preferences, and I have to kind of leave my Angelina Jolie baggage at the door in order to come in and yeah. see a live action version of Laura Croft again. But yeah, I think the best way I can put it is Alicia Vikander couldn't play the kind of Angelina Jolie era of Lara Croft in that way. But since they've kind of, since in the new games when they've kind of retooled her and toned her down a bit, she can do that, that version of Lara Croft, I think. Yeah. Cause, cause Lara Croft from, from the nineties was, I I mean, and no pun intended here, but was larger than life. And yes. It, it was, it, she was very much like this, this, this giant character. And so you needed to have somebody who could sort of, you know, create that space whereas when they when they kind of reinvigorated the character they said instead of just kind of making her you know male action hero but a woman they said let's actually think about the character is what it it felt like to me it's like we're now we're actually diving into the character of laura croft instead of you know she just shows up and shoots things and i i mean you see that approach with with you know across the board like in in a nathan drake movie or a nathan drake uh, video game he you know, he gets beat up, things happen to him, so, you know, you kind of follow him around, and the same sort of thing with Laura is, and yes. and I know a lot of people are complaining, oh, why do I have to see Laura get beat up and, and, and burned and stuff throughout the course of the series, and I would say, well, granted, you don't see that often, but the only no. other character I've seen that happen to is Batman, so I figure if yes. Batman can get beat up throughout the course of a night at Arkham Asylum, so Laura Croft can get beat up on the course of a night on an island. Yeah. The one thing I will say I love about this trailer is I think sometimes one of the biggest problems video game films have had is about putting in references to the games. Mm -hmm. And they're often either far too subtle or far too heavy-handed. Yes. Whereas with with this one, there are certain shots in that trailer that are basically cutscenes from the game. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it works so well that it doesn't feel really... like. If kind of if you said to someone that had never played the games, oh by the way, there's that exact scene in the game, like they don't stick out. It just feels really natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there so, were there yeah. is definitely a couple of times in this trailer where I saw something that just it felt so much like the games. Yes, and I I think I mean maybe we're we're going to get a a, a good adaption. I mean we get very very few good video game adaptions. Yes, and usually when they are good, they are good for reasons completely separate from you know what made the game good. And my 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 go to example is the the Street Fighter movie with Jean Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia is an awesome awesome movie, but not because yeah. it's such a good adaption of the video game. It's because they took no. those characters and they did they they had so much fun with it that I can't help but just love on that movie. And but that's not yeah. really like the fighting game isn't. You don't play the fighting game for oh they're so goofy. It's hilarious. I love how M Bison choose the scenery. That's not that's not what brings you in the, yes. in, the in the video game. And so it's it'd be kind of nice to see a, a more faithful adaptation. I think the Resident Evil mm. series can sort of be hit and miss. They've they've at some points in some movies gotten the tone, but they haven't really done it for an entire movie. Yeah, but uh, I so, I would love to finally yeah. see like a really good. You know, let me let me let me feel like this was the game, and you would think it would be easier as games become more cinematic, but it almost like it makes it harder. Yes. Yeah, that you've almost got to make sure that you're not just basically taking the cutscenes from the game and putting them in a cinema, like yeah, exactly. 
it's a difficult balance. I will say, and I was talking to uh, shout out to the Monster Closet podcast, who we'll hear from a bit later on. The joke at the end of that trailer was unnecessary. Yeah, no, I agree. I saw what you were what you were talking with Lee on that. So I think I think pretty sure yeah. Lee from Monster Closet is the one who runs that that Twitter account because I haven't found any other personal Twitter for his, and the other oh, guys seem to have it. So anyway, I think I think what what Lee was yeah. was saying was pretty on point that. You know the the dual pistol wielding thing was kind of more of a '90s era Laura Croft. Yes, and of course that bled into the early aughts. But it's the the modern mm. take that they're using for this game. Other than the one throwback in the first game, she's not really a dual yeah. wield. In fact, I associate her more with a bow and arrow than anything else. Exactly, which I am kind of glad they've kept in. Yes, absolutely. Like you see, she's very. Very, very much using a bow and arrow, and that's why I kind of said when we were talking about that. I wonder if that bit with the dual pistols is at the end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the film. Yeah. I wonder, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, uh, this next bit is probably not going to be as long as I initially intended because we got so many community questions, which is lovely. But we're going to move into a segment I like to call "Debating Without Borders" okay. because I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember how this came up. But it turns out that, Greg, that you and I have markedly different feelings towards uh, Max Caulfield in Life is Strange. That is correct. I feel that she is a terrible human being and is, as I have put it more than once, the worst. And you have um, an unexplained affection for the character uh, that I just don't comprehend. Yeah. Well, I think... I, I kind of, I don't want to get too serious and too deep into this, but I think it partly comes from my experience of of playing the game in and of itself. Like, I had a great deal of fun playing that game. Mm-hmm. But also what it represents, like, I don't want to spoil anyone's perception of me, but by the way, I'm not a teenage girl with time travel abilities. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> but even so, like, and I think we've all faced this, it's not just me, that we've all faced experiences and decisions in our life where we've probably gone, I really wish I could see how that would play out and I could think about this and think about the direction things would go. And I think it's just, I associate all that stuff with her as a character. Um, and just that's why I like her so much. And it's a little stuff as well, like also any time I've heard uh, Hannah tell her voice actress on any podcast... She also seems like the nicest person in the world. She she does. Uh, I my my distaste for Max Caulfield is not a projection on on the voice actress because she's she seems like the nicest person. Like she yes. seems like she's she's you know relatively famous. Most people know her voice mm. more than her face, but she yeah. seems like she would give up her seat on the bus for me, even though that would oh, be God, yeah. that would yeah. be an, an unusual circumstance for somebody in my position to have. But yes, it would. That she seems like that kind of person. She's the person that gives up her sure. seat on the bus for somebody. Yeah, no, for sure. So I think that's part. Of, that's probably just a bit okay. of bleeding over that. I like her as an actress, and that that I get. It's when when you hear the voice of somebody who seems so genuinely nice, it's kind of hard to associate yes. the, the the person who the voice is coming out of to not also yes. be nice. And that I can understand. Yeah, and that's why, like I've always I've always said. Because I know there was a while ago there was rumours that they're making a TV series um, for Life is Strange. Yeah, I, that I if heard they that. Do, like if on they Netflix don't or cast, something, yeah. Something, yeah. But I was like, if they don't cast Hannah Tell as Max, I'm not going to watch it but because they, I don't they see anyone else as Max. Listen, Hannah Tell, I, I love Hannah Tell, but I don't think Hannah Tell can play an 18-year-old high school student. Well, I don't think, I don't think neither of us have the evidence to say either way. 
I, I I got that, but I just it just seems like I especially as people become more and more savvy to this sort of thing, people want to see people closer to high school age play high school students these days. Yeah, what was Spider Man? I agree with that. Yeah, so I would I would probably rather see them. I'd rather see them not do it. Honestly, I I think I don't think they're going to do it justice. I think it's very hard to do a game like Life is Strange justice. And it's so narrative based anyway. Like, what what is the benefit of bringing it to TV apart from the fact of it's got a wider audience than video games? Like, it's not going to add anything by bringing it into TV. Yeah, I I feel like the TV show would be more for people who didn't play the game than for people who did. Yeah, for sure. So, because yeah, I I think kind of just like we've said there, I think anyone that's played the game watching the show would spend their time pointing holes in it. Mm-hmm. And saying, "Well, this doesn't feel right," etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, so anyway, so Max is the worst. I think is what our our, our common our common thread here is that we both are in absolute total agreement that Max Caulfield is a terrible human being. Um, is the official Games Out Borders line that only I can hold as official <laughs> only remaining host that she is the best? As I will, uh, as official host, uh, I think maybe you you are owe it to our audience to be honest with yourself and agree that she is. The worst. Never, never. Well, as as recently appointed official co-host of the Gamers Upboard Show, I think I think it's it's important for our listening audience that we we acknowledge yeah. that she is a terrible human being and that she totally ghosted on Chloe and that was that was really uncool. Gregory, I will see you in court. <laughs> I am the judge. You don't want to see me in court. Yeah, but I think I think you'll find that's not it's not that's not legally true. I'm pretty, I think that's how it works. Uh, that's that's how it worked for Judy and Wapner. They just you just see your judge, and there you go. Yeah, but in a similar vein, I've watched enough police procedurals. That I could probably be the lawyer in the court case. Okay. Yeah, so you're going to be like also, John Stone from Law and Order UK. Oh Jesus! I was not expecting that reference. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wait, John Stone? That wasn't his... I thought that was the character's you name, mean, wasn't it? John Stone? You mean James Steele? James Steele, you're right. I screwed yes. up the. Re- it's been years. I haven't seen that show since 2011. James Steele. And then he left yeah, after the first series, which was I stopped first watching it after that. Paul loves it. The only reason I say that is I think in because I think in the UK it was broadcast in like six episode seasons. Okay, but then in America they broadcast it in like twelve episode like double seasons. Oh, they, oh is that what happened? Something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I actually I think America doesn't like I, short seasons. After or um, so spoiler here, but after Apollo died, I, <laughs> big spoiler. Yeah, huge spoiler. Sorry, but when Apollo died, I really got sad and stopped watching the show. Yeah, I know what you mean. I because I mean he but, was yeah. he was amazing on that show. He was. Oh, now I'm all sad. And yeah, they never quite found that dynamic. But to just fin- finish on no, see now uh, you now I'm Strange sad. Book. Not not only did they screw up the James Steele reference because I I literally thought it was John Stone. <laughs> But now I'm sad that Apollo died. See, I can cheer you up because Max is the best. Max but I'm is also... not the best. No, she's terrible. She's, I mean, how many times does she make condescending comments uh, about people under her breath? She admits she's condescending. She admits she's pretentious. But because it's because people are condescending about but her. She's, she makes such flip comments, especially when you're okay. Not to spoiler, but there's a character, and something bad might happen to this character. And if something bad, if you were able to avoid the something bad, then Max will visit the character later in the game. And she makes some yes. really condescending comments to herself in her internal monologue during that scene that just yeah. really, really pushed me pushed me off of Max. 
Yeah. Uh, no, what I was going to say was I am partly aware that through their own podcasts and just the internet that a few of our mutual friends have met and spoken to Hannah Tell mm-hmm. and don't involve her in this because she doesn't need to be dragged into oh, an argument no, between two mental not. people. This is, this is such a petty <laughs> argument that we have. Yeah. Even though we draw so, in all the other podcasters that we know into this shamelessly, yes. we, we, yeah. we, we, uh, we don't need to bring Hannah Tell. I don't... Yes, do not draw her into this. I don't, I don't need her involved in this because she's just... She's got because she's she's going to side with me and Gavin could win. Well, she she might actually side with me. I you know she might actually sit there and think like, well, you know, I thought of of Mac Caulfield as being someone who was kind of full of herself and envisioned herself. I mean, even in the game, at one point, she's oh, how spoilery can we get here? Um, to be fair, the game is what a few years old, and if you haven't played it, we've spoken about it so much that I'm surprised you're still this just in general episodes. Yeah. So. Uh, so she say sorry in advance, guys. <laughs> she at one point in the game, when when her she's in a situation where she's with individuals who know that she has her power, and I think mm-hmm. she gets called out for saying you have this amazing power and you're just using it to make people like you. Yeah, and I mean that's that's very telling because you know that's precisely what she was doing. Even when you're given choices in the game. It's not like yeah. you're given a choice. You're ever like in a position where you use your powers to make a real difference. You know, you you're using your <sighs> powers to either save save Chloe from from stuff that's happening to Chloe that we're not going to talk about, or you're you know yeah. you're preventing a girl from getting hit with a pool noodle and falling into the pool or something. But yeah, uh, but I but I think I think the thing with that is that I think genuinely, and it might be because I'm just personally closer in my situation to what Max is like. That I think if you gave a lot of people her kind of age that power, they would do that. Uh, I would. I would probably start gambling more. <laughs> to be honest exactly. with you, that's, like I mean, that, exactly that, that that is the response of an old, bitter, cynical <laughs> man. I'm just saying, I would go to the casino, and you walk up to the roulette table, and then you see what number the thing's going to fall on. Then you reverse time, and then you put a hundred dollars on that number. No, but the the problem with that is for them to spin the wheel in the first place, you'd have to give them a number. So it would make no sense if you then said, "Oh, I'll have number seventeen, and then half a but, second later, you're like, "No, I'll have number twenty-five." It will seem creepy as anything. Yeah. So what you have to you got to be smart about it. So you can't just like walk up randomly to a table and say, "I want to put a hundred dollars on seventeen because they're they're gonna think something's up when you keep predicting it. So what you what you mm. need to do is because the payoff is so big if it hits your number. You gotta put like three on a couple of them, and and maybe yeah. like lose uh, two out of every three rounds. But you could still probably you'll still probably clean up enough that they'll kick you out of the casino. You get to, you gotta be smart about it. Yeah. Maybe play a couple of different games, and and I'm not saying you're not gonna yeah. do like a uh, you're not gonna do like a the Hangover or something where you're gonna go in there and like get eighty thousand dollars in one given night because casinos do yeah. not like that and they don't they're not gonna stand for that, but. You know, you could probably over the course of a few weeks at a few casinos uh, clean up a little bit. That's true. You're wrong, but that's true. No, okay. <laughs> but anyway, so the, I think the the bottom line here that and the, and the common conclusion is that Max Caulfield was uh, a terrible human being. She is very self-absorbed. She's full of herself, and she was just a, a, a moody, angsty, hipster girl who probably didn't deserve Chloe's friendship in the first place. The Gamers Without Borders podcast, PLC, does not officially endorse any opinions that have come out of Judge Gray. Let's move on. All right, so mo- moving on, because there's there's no settling this debate. 
No. And we have we have I mean, user we, questions. We have so many questions. We also have a community point, and I feel really bad that I didn't notice this. And uh, basically, I discovered that way back in September 2016, so just about bang on a year ago, we had an iTunes review, and it's a five-star review. And basically, the reason I didn't notice it is I don't really have that much of an interaction with iTunes, and I don't, it's, it's a bit narcissistic. I, I very rarely check um, the podcast because there's no reason to. But it, the funny thing is, when I when I read the title of this pod, the title of this review, I almost wondered if it's one of our mutual friends writing under a pseudonym, but I don't think it is. But so I'm going to read it out because okay. this genuinely makes me so happy that, uh, and it's not very long that someone wrote this. So someone that goes by the name of Strife Magnet, he wrote a five star review with the title "Dynamic Daft Dapper." There's no D word safe for Nick, which is already brilliant. And it says, I've been listening to GWB for a month, so it's about time I wrote a review. GWB covers games, mostly, a topic of the week, usually, guests, sometimes, and is an intelligent and inclusive gaming podcast. The format has changed, as has the co-hosts, but they've grown together and it's always insightful, thought-provoking and funny. Get involved. It's time to game without borders. He says as he just elbowed his microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I like I like that review and the, the kind of funny fact is that's still true yeah. that the format does keep changing and that we're the most inconsistent podcast in the world. We, we we are and and I do think that that review probably is is pre the Judge Greg era of Gamers Without Borders. Yes. But uh, I think yeah, judging by time, I think it would be. Yeah, I want to say yeah. it was it was close to maybe November of 2016 is when I I came yeah. on my first podcast and. Didn't even start regularly mm. co-hosting until probably a good six months after that. Yes. But, um, yeah, it strikes me if you're still listening to the podcast, please get in touch because I'm just, I'd love to know if you're still listening. And I'm yeah. really sorry that I didn't notice your review for an entire year. But uh, even though it was clearly not a review of the podcast when I've been on it, uh, I'm still going to say thank you for the review. We appreciate it. Yes, yes. As, as as a general part of the uh, Games Without Borders entity, with the exception of cer certain opinions, mm -hmm. uh, Greg is allowed to <laughs> speak on the podcast for half. Yeah. With, with in some very, I, I do I do so sparingly because I I understand that in terms of co-hosts, I I am still I am still Johnny come lately. Uh, you know, it's still I still feel like I'm I'm just sitting in Dapper's chair. To be perfectly honest with you, and yes. to a certain extent, that's true because you know, yeah. Although uh, well, Dapper, uh, Dapper and I almost did get to record one together one time, we just couldn't get the schedules to work out. Yeah, that was a shame. I think it would have worked well. I, I, I think, think that would have been an amazing. Now, n no disrespect to the current host of the podcast, but I think, uh, I think the world w it needs a Dapper Judge Greg podcast episode. When would that have happened? When was there an occasion where I wasn't? I, doing I don't. It? I don't recall. It is. I, I hadn't really been official co-host yet, and I think. Yeah, because yeah, I was. Well, there's just there's very few occasions where I'm not around. I'm yeah, just. I'm I trying just, to think of a situation. I, where I don't. I don't remember. It just happened to be because you know Dapper is is she has stuff going on all the time, and yeah. we just could not deconflict our schedules on a given weekend, and so we just, yeah. we just couldn't make it work. And I was, I was so unimaginably disappointed that I that I couldn't do it because I yeah. I was really look forward to podcast. I should I should get Dapper on a Hero Talk. That's what I need to yeah. do. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, she would be oh, she would be amazing on Hero Talk, wouldn't she? Yeah, definitely do it. And if you if you're still listening to this Dapper, do yeah. it. Hey, Dapper. I'm, um, think, uh, I'm going to DM you. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think was that the weekend I was in Poland, which oh, is might be. a few times might be. I've not been in the country. Yeah. And that was in April of this year. Yeah, that so that timeline would have sound about right. Yeah. 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 Oh, well. Anyway, uh, so the first question is from John of the One Track Gamers and the One Track Punk Show. And this is a bit of a recurring joke. 
Uh, he asked, what is your favourite breakfast meal? And I can't remember precisely how this started, but over the last couple of episodes of his show, he's been quizzing me about what I eat for breakfast because he seems to be baffled by the fact that in the UK we eat slightly different things yeah, um, for uh, breakfast. So I, I sent him an entirely separate email outlining uh, yeah, and, um, it, what I eat for breakfast, which he'd read while they were all drunk, so I'm not sure how much of it sunk in. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it didn't because they... First of all, yeah. John, you're kind of a lightweight. Oh, God, yeah. And this is... <laughs> I don't. I don't want. I don't. I used to be a lightweight, it, but I'm better now. Yeah, he. Uh, he. He really is. Because I've. I they did their live show for I think episode hundred, and he had like two beers, yes. and he was just obliterated. Yes, <laughs> two beers, John. Two beers. Yeah, that used to be my limit. But fun fact for anyone in the UK or US, going to university will increase your alcohol tolerance well, catastrophically. Not. Not that I advocate drunkenness. Or or binge drinking, but uh, but but um, I do partake from time to time yes. in 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 the in the drink, and um, I would not consider two beers to have impaired me at, at all, much less be yes. at uh, be at at the one track gamers level of intoxication. Yes. So, but no. Anyway. So anyway, we're question. digressing. I, so the yeah. It's, yeah. I've, I, as somebody who's been following along and kind of has a concept of what you know UK breakfast food is versus US breakfast yes. food, and has no problem wrapping my brain around it, even I'm sort of yes. going like, "All right, guys, just figure out what a biscuit is or something, right?" Like, just yeah. <laughs> I don't. Thing is, I've known them for like two years. We've had this debate multiple many, times. many times, and. If I had a nickel for every time you were asked whether or not an English muffin is just a muffin over there. Yeah. You would be the richest man in the world. I would. I would be the richest man in the world. I would probably have somewhere around 35 cents. Yes. (laughs) Which in the current economy is... Which is not bad. Not bad. I mean, if we're going off the gold standard, that'd actually be pretty decent. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. Uh, For me, it's probably waffles. I would say yeah. I quite enjoy waffles. I, uh, I've got some in my cupboard right now. I don't really eat breakfast very often. It's typically a cup of coffee for me, but uh, but it's the most important meal of the day. It, it is, but it's usually a cup of coffee for me. Um, but when I do, when I do actually eat breakfast, so I have a. I'm going to get super preachy for here for a second. I've cut processed sugar completely out of my diet. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So and also artificial sweeteners. So between between the two of those things. Um, it, once you figure out how to do it, it's actually not bad. It's not really. I, I'm not. I'm never hungry because you can always. There's always food that you can eat as long as you, you keep the right kind of food stocked. So yeah. it's been. It's been a good diet. Uh, the it, it's I've, the feelings of healthiness and like the 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 lack of the highs and lows of a sugar filled diet has been very nice for me. Mm. Uh, I'm not crashing in the afternoon like I normally would, but yeah. in, in doing so, it has made a lot of breakfast foods that are traditional kind of off, because breakfast sort of turned into quasi-dessert. Yeah, no, that does tend so, to So, <laughs> you know, waffles and pancakes aren't necessarily on the plate anymore. So I find that, that you know, eggs and bacon, though, if, if you're checking the yeah. nutrition, there's there's no there's no sugar in eggs or bacon. And just a lot of salt. Yeah, just a lot of salt. Uh, I, I, try to, I try to drink plenty of water to offset that, but... Yeah. Um, I think a good breakfast burrito or omelette is my preferred breakfast. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if anyone's interested, my breakfast this morning, because it's the afternoon for me, was a bowl of shreddies, which is a popular cereal, mm-hmm. 
I don't. I would imagine you know, and a cup of coffee. Yeah. So. It's a. Uh, it's very hard to find cereal without processed sugar in it. In fact, I have yet to find one yes, that doesn't have processed sugar. All your cereal is multicolored. I know. I know. It's it's kind of <laughs> like lucky charms. Kind of ridiculous. Even even stuff that you don't think should have sugar in it does. You know, yeah. like like peanut butter. Peanut butter really should have like maybe two ingredients in it. And instead, peanuts. yeah, it should be like peanuts and salt. And what I find instead Don't. is that you, your general jar of peanut butter tends to contain so many chemicals and sugars in it that. So now I have to buy like the natural stuff, which I, I get why they put all the chemicals in it because the natural stuff to keep it at a consistency where you can spread it on a piece of bread actually takes some yeah. effort. Mm. But I'll tell you what, no I'll make you, yeah, I'll make you a deal. I will, I will send you some normal kind of like cereal stuff. That's that's probably much better for you than most American cereal. If you can send me just like random American stuff that's got so many e numbers, it probably wouldn't be legal <laughs> in the UK. Yeah, I'm not sure if customs would appreciate that. Like, this is actually technically yeah, considered a... a poison over here. Uh, that is the problem. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> when you think about what what we used to eat as kids. Uh, if you remember, and I, I don't know if they have these in the UK, I would imagine they were probably banned outright. Uh, the little huggy jugs—they're like a little, like mini plastic barrel with a, a foil top on them, and they were basically just sugar, like <laughs> liquid sugar that's blue or red, and it's oh god, oh they're terrible for you. And and uh, I used to have those all yeah. the time when I was growing up because they were cheap because it's basically just mm. corn syrup and water. And uh, oh, anyway, so yeah, so yeah. I cut I cut out the the well, yeah, so there we yeah. go. Because like, I know they had to completely reformulate Mountain Dew before they could sell it in the UK. Yeah, although I because like proper 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 Mountain Dew, you just can't. You they just don't allow it in the UK. Yeah, now there's a lot of throwback sodas that are coming back that actually you know use sugar. Yeah, and uh, well, I still don't drink them because I I think if I were to decide to partake, I would I would drink one of those way sooner than I would yes. ever drink like a Coke or something like that. Mm. You know, like the regular Coke with the corn syrup and all, all that stuff in it. So, yeah. so it is, but anyway, it's nice to be healthier. I've dropped a pant size, so that's something nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Congratulations. It is when, when during the first week when I had withdrawal symptoms and then how quickly I started dropping yeah. weight afterwards just kind of led me to believe that I was having way too much sugar in my diet. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's probably true. Yeah. And at the very least, it means you'll fit in your daredevil armor much easier. Oh yeah, it'll it'll I'll look my, much much more slim and 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 much yes. more flattering. All right, we have a lot more questions to get to. We do. <laughs> uh, next, we have Brendan from the Almost Better Than Silence podcast. One of just he's just a vagabond on the internet. Really, <laughs> come at me, Brendan. It's fine. Wow. Okay. All right. We're gonna yeah. take a shot at him first. Well, apparently, that's what we're doing now. Yeah, but come on! If you listen to their podcast, I yeah, I uh, I love Brandon. I really do. Um, yes, totally. But it's, it's he he got dragged into a few of our conversations <laughs> during the course of, <laughs> of the last few weeks. So I I think I think we owe him a little he's, bit he's of slack. Happy. Yeah, but no, his question was, and I'll explain why he is asking this slightly insane question in a second. Was what is the best way to burn gamers at the stake with a cigarette? The world needs to know. And that's because Bren thinks he's really, really funny. Because if you go back and Greg's original tweet asking for questions says if you've got any burning questions, yeah, please I said, send please, them. Please, please get in those burning gamer questions. And and Bren was yes. the only one who actually you know read the question and followed directions and gave us a question about burning gamers. 
Uh, to which I would have yes. to answer his question. I would have to say at the stake because smoking is bad for you. Well, no, my, my theory was a, a bit different. But if you take the stereotypical gamer that just eats Doritos and like Mountain Dew and stuff, they're going to be so covered in like grease and sugar that it's going to act as like an accelerant. So you could light them with the tiniest spark and it wouldn't matter. Oh, maybe. You you would think we'd so, hear more uh, stories about gamers spontaneously combusting. Spontaneously combusting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is morbid. Let's move on. Yes. All right, so can I? Well, this, so next, next this next question. Can I do the next one? Yeah. Why not? Of course. I, I just figure, like, maybe if we just go one off, it might be a little easier on you yeah, than no, having to try no. to carry it the whole. So, so Lee from the no, Monster Closet podcast uh, asked. No, 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 you missed. You missed you, no, you missed. Oh, Tony. did I miss Tony? Sorry, Tony. All right, you I'll did. do Tony's. All right, so so Tony asks uh, from the No Time for Time Travel podcast, uh, with Nintendo making Mario play with rabbits, no longer a plumber, and have nipples. Do you think Mario will go the way of Sonic? Uh, I don't remember yeah. Sonic having nipples, so I was, I was going to say this might sound this, this might sound insane, but it's all to do with um, some screenshots for Super Mario Odyssey came out, and that's all about Mario having different outfits. And there's one where he's in beach shorts, and it's clear that he has nipples. So the internet's kind of made many a joke out of it, that. It, it has, I guess. It'd be weirder if you. Didn't me? I don't know. Didn't. I don't know. You know like what? A, yeah, I, like, I'm not giving like Aladdin much thought to this, but it's uh, yeah, it's yeah. I, I don't. I, Mario's not going to go the way of Sonic because Nintendo, for all of their faults, is not Sega. No, and, they are not. But uh, it, I mean, there, there's a big difference between he has rendered nipples when he's in beachwear and he turns into a werewolf. Yeah, and I'm imagining. I I, I assume Tony is getting at the question of like. Is Mario losing his identity a bit? Because like Sonic, as they've gone with so many directions with Sonic, that he's quite generic now. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think this game's going to be a hit, and they don't put out games often enough to to really ruin it. So I, I don't think so. I think we're good. I think we're going to see Mario for years and years to come, like it or not. Yeah. Okay, we would give a longer answer. It's just for once we are yeah, very. We've well got like five more questions. questions to get to, so we gotta, so we yeah. Roll. This this next one is going to be quite short. Uh, Lee from the Monster Closet podcast, who we mentioned earlier, has asked, "Why am I getting addicted to the Division all over again?" And what made me laugh about this question is I don't have a particular answer, but it just reminded me of the very early days of this podcast because Brad was very very excited about the Division. And then he fell off, fell off, fell off it about a week after it came out. Yeah, I I bought the and division I and I have yet to play it, and it looked yeah, cool. I, so I bought it. This is this mm. is a true story. So I bought it because like all of like the enthusiast guys were playing it. And I shouldn't yeah. say just guys because Dark Princess was also playing it. And so the, the, you know they're all they're all playing with each other and they're all doing. She's she's gonna she's she's gonna get. She you now. calls me on that all the time. It's it's and you know she's she's you know as she's actually Jessica Jones. She could like punch you through a she, wall. She she could she could um. <laughs> but it, so they were all playing with each other, and I thought, well, I want to get this game because I, you know, I want ah, phrasing, phrasing, phrasing. Sorry, sorry, phrasing. They were all playing the division online with each other. There we, there we go. That's that's better. Hold for editing. And <laughs> so that's staying. <laughs> so it was. Uh, I, I wanted to play with them, and so I finally picked it up when it was on sale, and I was gonna, you know, get into the game and play with them. And then they all moved on to Ghost Recon, and. Oh. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm certainly not going to buy Ghost Recon now because by the time I get it, y'all are going to be moving on to the next game. So, that's Ooh. that's my that's my sad my sad Greg Division story. So yeah. So um, to, to answer your so yeah. I, I guess did we actually answer Lee's question? 
No, but I can't really think of a way to Why? answer it. I don't know. Apart from a really generic way of like, maybe you like the division. Is it I don't know. maybe now that a lot of people have moved on, all of the, the the griefers are gone, and maybe that's why you're getting back into it? Yeah, and it's actually just people that like the game. Yeah, maybe that's that's my answer, Lee. That's why you're getting back into the yeah. division. Good, good. Uh, next up, we have An- uh, Anthony Rossi from the Video Games Crosstalk podcast, which I believe you, John, have guested yes. on. In the past, mm-hmm. that is on my list of podcasts uh, to listen to as well. Partly because I'm definitely going to listen to the one that you um, were on. No, oh, well, thank you, thank you. Well, yeah, that, that's normally my way into a new podcast. If someone I know has been on it, I'll listen to that yeah, episode that, first. That, that's how I got of... into it. Now, now I listen to every yeah. episode. But I, I, um, I had I never heard of it until uh, I think John had him on his podcast. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, and so then I was like, well, let me go check this out. And then John was on Video Game Crosstalk, and so that's the episode I checked out. And and yeah. then I, now, I'm, now I'm a listener, so there you go. Yeah, there is like a lot of like crossbreeding between our podcasts. There, there, is, there is a lot of it, but I mean, I don't, I don't listen to a podcast if I'm not legitimately a fan of it, so. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because that's, sure. that's a lot of people are like, oh, you just listen because they follow you on Twitter. I said, listen, I got a lot of podcasts following me on Twitter, and some of them are unlistenable. But uh, yeah. video game crosstalk is not one of those. In fact, um, he he had recently on his last episode uh, one of my favorite cosplayers as as a guest, and so I was just so excited oh, wow. to listen to that episode. And it's a it's a great listen. So uh, check out video game crosstalk podcast. Good, good. But yeah, he asks, uh, who's better at stealing enemies' souls and using their power, Shang Tsung or Mega Man? Now I just I have to. Who is Shang Tsung? The name. So from from Mortal about. Kombat, he was the end boss of the first um, game. He's yeah. the wizard who, yeah. and from the movie, you know, your soul is mine, and and so okay, yeah. Uh, and uh, j- just before we get into our answers, John uh, replied in horrific fashion, and I approve, Greg, that you responded to this <laughs> with an Archer gif. But he said, "Let's throw Kirby into the mix. He does a good job of sucking them dry." Phrasing. And yes, uh, I'm glad we have an explicit rating this week. So um, I'm just I'm just going to be <laughs> I I understand the question. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take all the fun out of it by being super technical and saying yeah. that uh, machines don't have souls, yeah. so Mega Man can't yeah. steal them, and Kirby uh, he doesn't steal their soul; he just digests their body. And so Shang no, Tsung is the only could, actual no, no, soul he, stealer, and yeah, I know you could probably make an argument either way, but um, but no, but Kirby Kirby steals their abilities as well, and if you make the argument that someone's abilities is what makes them them, then maybe he has stolen their soul. Okay, so when Superman is in the presence of Kryptonite, is he no longer Superman? In a manner of speaking, I mean it's it's he's still the same person. Like he's when when he's on, if he was on Krypton or in the presence of a red sun, and and then did not have his powers. Kal-El is still Kal-El. His soul is still there. His soul is not his ability. Yeah, but it depends what you define the soul as. This is getting far okay, too You know what, philosophically, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, just for the sake of moving on to the next question, uh, we'll say Mega Man. He seems to be more proficient at it. I disagree. I'm saying Kirby. We don't necessarily have to have the same answer. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you can take this next question because I have no experience with this. Oh, oh, no problem, no problem. So this next question comes from uh, Kinetic. Uh, we'll call him Enthusiacs Nick on this podcast. Uh, so he's one of one yep. of the uh, one of the Enthusiacs, host of my sister cast Behind the Line Radio podcast, and he asked, "We all know City of Heroes is the best superhero MMO of all time, which is correct. Uh, what second, 
Marvel Heroes, uh, DC Universe Online, or Champions Online. So I've played I've played every single game referenced in this in this question. Uh, Nick and I used to play, and for that, I, I mean, Enthusiax Nick, not to exclude the host of the current show that we're on, um, Enthusiax Nick and I, we played City of Heroes with each other quite a bit. I was actually, uh, I was a launch day uh, adopter of City of Heroes, and I have played many an MMO, and this is the only one I actually stuck with long enough to, like, max a character out and play expansions and and what, and so... Mm. Uh, I loved City of Heroes, and it was very unceremoniously canceled, which was very sad. Like, no no end-of-world event or anything. In fact, what they, they literally did is they shut down the store. So you couldn't even, you know, go back oh, in wow. and buy content you had missed. Yeah. So they oh, basically geez. said they shut down the store, and they said we're closing, you know, in November. And so you had a couple of months. It was free yeah. to play at that point, so I could still log in. But since it was free to play and and they shut down the store i couldn't buy any of the content that i hadn't gone through yet which which i would have done otherwise i think that was just kind of a jerk move they got rid of they fired most of the staff just out of the blue and so there's only a couple of people there to keep the game running like a couple of gms but that was it yeah and and no event or anything like even Star Wars Galaxy got a closing day event and we we got nothing and so that was kind of sad. So other than spawning a couple of fun enemies at Atlas Park, there was not a whole lot going on. Just yeah. a bunch of us out there with our torches, uh, waiting for the servers to go dead. And I I took some pictures and tweeted those when it happened, and it still kind of bothers me a little. So anyway, so that was the best, and it was it was very well done. Yeah. Um, so around the time that City of Heroes was out, Champions Online was released. Uh. So that's actually based on a property that was already out there. I think it was a, a tabletop uh, RPG. And then uh, DC Universe Online came out uh, probably 2011, 2012 time frame in there. And then just recently, uh, in the last year or so, made a jump to the current-gen consoles. Okay. Yeah, so I think it was originally it was, um, it was PC and, and PlayStation 3. And it, you can now get it on okay. PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. Uh, and, I, and I have played a little bit of it on Xbox One, so I would say, given that it, intellectually, I, I don't like Marvel Heroes at all, so that one is just not going to be in the running. I've, I think intellectually, I'd say Champions Online is a little bit closer to City of Heroes because there was a lot of a lot of the design team from City of Heroes moved to Champions Online, so there was a a lot of the features of Champions Online was kind of a grab bag of everyone's wish list for what they wanted to come to City of Heroes. Okay. And yeah. and so I liked I liked a lot about how that game worked because it was, you know, at a very similar style and feel. However, when I actually look at what did I really play the most between all of them, DC Universe Online was was the one I I played the most outside of any other. And I if I extrapolate that that was able to keep my interest longer and maybe because, you know, of a good supporting cast, I I would say DC Universe Online would probably be the second best champions online being a very close third and a distant fourth would be marvel heroes fair enough my only answer because it's the only mmo i've ever played and it's not even superhero related is a uh, mid 2000s era runescape <laughs> i i don't i don't fair i don't enough. think that's quite in the in the in the spirit of the question but sure we'll go with that Shut why, up, not? Greg. why not yeah and uh, this last question I really like, and it's been bugging me ever since I uh, ever since I read it. Uh, it's Adam from the Super Best Friends Video Games Video Game Sleepover Podcast. Best he podcast asks, name ever. Yes, <laughs> although it's impossible to say. Yeah. Super Best Friends Video Games Sleepover Podcast. Yeah. 
I know he says, fully equipped, armed and armoured, who wins in a straight up fight? Breath of the Wild's Link or Horizon Zero Dawn's Aloy? So he, he gave this question, and I, I remember when I was thinking when he gave the question, I said good question, because I was like, wow, that is a good question. And at first I thought, well, it's got to be Aloy, right? And then I stopped to think, I'm like, I don't know, that Master Sword can do all kinds of stuff when it's fully leveled. That And, and, and Link Link's yeah. whole thing is that Link Link is, he's always defying the odds of what you would normally rationally think. So, I yeah. mean, he's the hero well, of the cl- time. I don't know. Mm, the the closest I've come to an answer though is because I think if you if you were looking at like DPS, I think Link does could do far more damage. If it was just like a short fight, I think he'd win comfortably. But I was thinking if a- if Aloy could go a bit Muhammad Ali, stretch the fight out, so then all of Link's weapons breaks and all of the four <laughs> abilities that you've got need to recharge, she can just go in with a spear attack and he's dead. <laughs> Yeah, I guess once once you turn in the weapon fragility system, then then it's a game changer yeah. for Link, right? Because yeah, exactly. So I I'm going I'm and going he to say did specify Breath of the Wild Link. Yeah, yeah, he did. He explicitly said Breath of. So here's here's my here's my lukewarm take. Oh God. Uh, I think Aloy would beat Breath of the Wild Link, but yep. I think Ocarina of Time Link would beat Aloy. Yep. Yeah, because he could just constantly travel back in time. Yeah. And Ocarina of Time, I think, mm. was a uh, was my my one of my favorite iterations of Link. Uh, I, I would say, yes. um, what was the other? It was not Skyward Sword, uh, the Twilight Princess. I I like yeah. the character design in that game. Although the Twilight Princess, I think, mm. was the first one where they tried to uh, they 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 made Link right handed for the sake of people with motion controls. And yes. and I I prefer Link as left handed. Like I prefer the Doom mm. guy as left handed. There is a very interesting um. Very interesting video I, I posted on my Twitter. Not to get too far off topic. Oh, I, I'm so glad you brought. I'm so glad you brought this yeah, up so, because I'll let you talk yeah, about it. From that. outside extra, who uh, they yeah, it, I think it was Luke. I think is is, is the gentleman's name. I'm, yeah, I'm Luke, pres- Luke presuming he's listening. Uh, Luke, I'm, I've decided. If I'll, one second, I am sorry for the tangent. I actually love outside extra. If I had even a hint that they're aware of this podcast, it'd make me the happiest person in the world. So, it, so now now I'm going to brag. They they did like my tweet about this, by the way. Yeah, that's more engagement than I've ever yeah, had. Yeah, that's right. So, because I, I, I saw, I saw their tweet or I saw their, their, their video because I subscribed to them on YouTube, and it was yes. a video in which Luke goes into this head about how the Doom guy is really a reincarnation of the hero of time, just like Link. Yes, and yeah. and it's fun, and he acknowledges the faults with it as well, but he also does, you yes. know, acknowledge the similarities, which which are when you start to think about it, are kind of kind of odd. And I loved it so much. I posted it on 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 my Twitter. I linked to it, and I you know credited them with it. And I said, I've now decided yeah. that this is canon as far as I'm concerned. And and yes. yeah, so I got, got some fun fun comments about it. And yeah, they ended up liking that tweet. But no, yeah, that is a um, that's a really good YouTube channel. Um, if if you yeah, want gaming so, stuff, so both them it's and one, outside one, Xbox as well. So yes, like they're, they're one of those channels that both the content they put out and the personalities on those channels are worth watching. Right, and it's it's so rare that you can get both of those to the point where their jokes stick. Um, and, yeah. and so they're they're all uh, I think they're all British, right? Yeah, yeah I'm trying to think yeah. if, if anyone else is in there, but. And so you will get a certain extent of British humor, but it all works. I mean, I'm I'm obviously not yeah. British myself, uh, and and I, I I think their jokes are hilarious. Uh, 
Yeah. So well, that's why that that's that's why I I completely flipped out when I saw yeah. that you that you'd like their stuff because part of me was thinking, would you enjoy it? Because even though they quite often refer to the fact that they have a predominantly US audience, that there are there is often a lot of British humor and British references in there. Mm-hmm. So I did kind of think, is, is it going to stick? I, for you it it worked for me. I mean, me. but bear in mind, like I I've you know I I used to watch Law and Order UK, so obviously look the, the idea that something isn't strictly American is not really going to be uh, a a stopping point for me. So yeah, but no, yeah. If we ever got them to recognize the existence of this podcast, I'd probably become my terrible unprofessional version of myself where i just lose the ability to function yeah i was i was pretty excited that i actually got them to like the tweet i think that was that was pretty cool for yeah. me like oh they actually noticed that i liked it and said that it was it was my new headcanon and so good good on yeah. them but yes so we digress slightly but yeah the answer is uh aloy. yeah we'll say the answer is aloy just because link's weapons would break yes <laughs> over time <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so let that be an indictment uh, on you, Nintendo. <laughs> yes, if you'd made a slightly stronger character, we wouldn't be having this problem, and he would easily have won. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> anyway, as we've been going for about an hour and a half, and the tangents have been all over the place, I think we should start to draw this to a close. I agree. Let's um, let's let's wrap it up. Yep. Yeah, so as always, you can find us on Twitter at gwbpod. Uh, you can email us at gwbpodcast.gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at another GMG blog. Also be sure to follow all the Twitter accounts of all the podcasts that we keep mentioning because they are great guys and they put uh, great guys and girls, I should say, and they put forward great content. So thoroughly recommend them. Um, and you can find my blog, which hasn't been updated in a while because I'm useless at nickpjenkins25.wordpress.com. Greg, where can people find your stuff? All right, so you can tweet me directly at Judge Greg is Law, and you can also, if you want to follow the Hero Talk podcast, uh, correction, the Real Hero Talk podcast, it is at Real Hero Talk on Twitter uh, for my content and some of the articles, my interviews, and also the articles, interviews, content, and videos, let's plays of the Enthusiacs. You should check out Enthusiacs.com. Uh, you can also find Enthusiacs on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And man, our YouTube channel is on fire right now. Uh, our, our resident YouTuber basically had a nasty, nasty bug and was out for a week. And I'm convinced what he did in that entire week was prep videos because he has been putting them out like a madman. <laughs> Shoutouts to Exelon. Glad you're feeling better. Holy cow. Check out our YouTube. Just search for Enthusiacs. Good, good. Definitely do that. And yeah, for now, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for all the amazing community questions. It was a lot of fun to do that stuff. Uh, we will see you at some point in the future an undisclosed uh, position an <laughs> uh, undisclosed position in time and never forget that Max Caulfield is the best goodbye she's the worst goodbye <laughs>